Welcome to the UFTA Podcast. Hosted by Emily O'Connor and Jordan Rudolph. The UFTA Podcast brings you a surprisingly fresh take on everyday topics in health, fitness, and everything in between. We want to open the door to explore new information and new solutions in a way that's easy for you to understand and apply to your own life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Season 3, Episode 21 of the UFTA Podcast. I'm Jordan Rudolph. And I'm Emily O'Connor. As always, we are happy to be with you. We are happy that you are here. We are happy to hopefully uh, deliver some knowledge on nutrition this week and deliver our surprisingly fresh take on the best diet that is out there for everybody. Yeah, and I, you've probably already seen by the title of this episode... Um, but oftentimes, even just saying the word diet, my brain immediately goes to something that you do for a short period of time. I don't know if you feel the same, but I know that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind. And as the listener, that might be the first thing that comes to mind for you. I think what we're aiming to do in this episode is flip that on its head a little bit. Yeah, you nailed it right there. And like when people hear the word diet, they immediately like it. No one gets excited for it. Right. Right? So there's a negative response, both reaction and subconscious and conscious, whatever. Um, and we immediately start thinking about, like, what's wrong mm-hmm. and what do we have to probably start giving up or... Like, stop doing. Stop doing. Start yeah. giving up sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Like, it has... The word diet has a negative connotation to it. Negative feeling. A negative... Presence. Presence. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. So, we are going to talk today about a very simple concept, to an extent, that our listeners can learn how to not yo-yo diet anymore and basically get off the diet train. Mm -hmm. It's going to be much easier said than done through a podcast, but it does start with a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. I think the mindset shift, like, I mean, that's where we need to start the episode, right, is starting to recognize how you define diet and kind of flipping some of those things on their head in terms of what if we didn't define it as negatively? What if it wasn't something we immediately pushed back against? What if it was something that instead of taking away all of these things actually added so much to our lives on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of taking those little details of it and saying like, hey, how can we use this to actually, like, how can we use a diet, quote-unquote, to stop dieting forever, right? To use the title of the episode, Stop Yo-Yo Dieting Forever, where we do feel like it is something that we have to start for a very short period of time. What if it was instead something that we could do for the long term? What would that look like for us? What does sustainability or success long-term look like? Mm Mm-hmm. Because again, a lot of people when they think about diet, they think about short term. They think they cringe. Like you, you hear the word diet and you cringe. You tense up. Mm-hmm. Like, like there, there's there's physical responses to a word, right? And years of experience from our listeners going on and off diets, mm-hmm. ones that they saw in a magazine, one that they heard about from a friend, one that maybe their doctor gave them, created a whole movement of like diet culture and what it actually means Mm -hmm. right so when we talk about the diets 
um, now there's a whole anti-diet culture. And ours, our podcast episode today might be the thing that fits in between both of them, mm-hmm. right? Um, because the yo the the yo-yo yo-yoing is not long term. Yo-yo yo-yoing is sustainable when you try to do too much mm-hmm. and when you're not realistic with stuff and you're trying to go through it. Like diets aren't meant to necessarily be sustainable unless you do our trick today. And we'll, we'll kind of dive into it here in a second. But we, we, we still have to preface this with like the mindset guys. Like you have to be in the right place and you have to stop thinking of this as a short term thing mm-hmm. and thinking of this as like a, so much of an extreme. We can go back to this if we even want to say like you have to stop being so perfect. Mm-hmm. You have to stop being so 100% all or none about this. For sure. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is kind of the wheel analogy, right? Like, as we think of the word diet, oftentimes we think of like 10 out of 10 as challenging as we can make it, as much as we can give up, as miserable as we can be for a short amount of time mm-hmm. to get the results we want to see. But ultimately what happens is we end up needing a break from that. We have to turn it back down to one or two where we lose some of that progress. We might kind of yo-yo back the other direction. And what we're diving into here is what if we just rode that wave fluctuating, maybe it's between a six and an eight, right? Maybe we had moments where we turned it up a little bit. Maybe we got to a nine. And then maybe we came back down to like that six, seven, eight, right? Depending on the day, whatever. But all on average, we want to ride around that seven to eight, probably closer to that eight range, right? Mm -hmm. That allows for that flexibility without feeling like we need to turn everything off at the end, right? We don't need to turn it down because we've started to incorporate changes that we can see ourselves doing for the next month, six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years that are sustainable, that are for the long term. So when we think about the diet, quote unquote diet, that's out there, the best diet out there to stop yo-yoing, the best diet out there to um, create the sustainability that you're going through is more so the plan or the guide that you can do long term. Mm-hmm. So if a diet that's out there, like like how many diets can you, the listener, can you just think of right now that you know of, right? You, you can think of Atkins still, you can think of keto, you can think of carnivore, you can think of, you can go on and on and on. Um, but if you're trying to do all of them, you're, you're doing none of them. And what happens is in a mindset piece, like you start trying to follow the rules um, and the restrictions, like you start, you, when you start restricting and you start eliminating entire food groups, you're going to make things incredibly harder for yourself. Yes, you can feel better. Yes, all of those things. But long term, like there's very, 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 very few people in the world that are just doing straight carnivore. Very, very, very few yet that are just doing straight keto. Very, very, very few, right? Like that just do Atkins. Like they, they just don't exist. Like they, and if they tell you where they are, they, they are probably lying, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're using it for marketing. Um, so the best diet is the one that you can stick to long term. And the word diet in this scenario, when we say it, is in quotations. Like mm-hmm. 
like the plan is your plan that works best for you it helps with your overall health it helps you get results whatever they are whether it's strength training or weight loss or pain-free but it's, it's a combination of probably everything you've heard where then you can make adjustments to go down these maybe tougher routes um, if need be but the reason why you're in this position now is probably because you've tried 10 or 12 different diets in the past and that's why you feel like you're yo-yoing because you don't know what to follow anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you said it best, like you're not really following anything at all. When we follow something for a week, two weeks, a month even, we're not really following it. We're just kind of picking and cherry picking really information that we think will help instead of putting in the work up front to reap the long-term benefits of establishing a sustainable plan. I know Jordan said in the beginning that this is simple and it can be simple, but not necessarily always easy to accomplish. Yeah, so when we, you said it best there, right there, um, where we think about cherry picking. Mm -hmm. Like when we, you almost, like when people start their diet, they almost get like this little entitled feeling that they're doing this diet and they have to wear it and they have to tell everybody about it. Like what's the first thing that you do when you start a new diet? You, you tell every freaking person that you can, mm -hmm. right? Because you want them to know. And we're excited. But you're also doing it for a badge of honor, and then two weeks later they're asking you about the diet. Like, oh, no, that was way too – no, I'm off of it. No, not doing it anymore. Um, six weeks later and you don't even remember the name of the diet that you did, right? Mm -hmm. So you, what happens is you, when, you, when you go down a rabbit hole of specificity towards these diets, you start cherry-picking the things that you, A, want to see, A, want to know more of, and it kind of puts these blinders onto the other parts. Mm -hmm. And again, you – diets are usually surrounded by – restrictions and eliminations and very quote-unquote um, harsh rules or guidelines and ultimately we feel that the more a person is educated and understanding of how and why they're doing what they're doing with food will give them a better understanding long term of how they can then use food to get to their goals mm -hmm. rather than having them have more restrictions or more guidelines or more rules that they have to follow why don't we take all of that out, start from like scratch, and let's just keep this really easy and go from there, right? Right. Well, and it's that education and the ownership then over the decisions, right? We're not just following blind rules laid out for us uh, by the powers that be, the inventor of the diet, whoever that creator might yeah. be. We are deciding, hey, based on my goals, I believe with the assistance of perhaps a coach's opinion in this case as well, that this is best for me to do right now and this is why. It gives you the control back to make the decision in a way that's aligned with your goals. And that'll allow you to then make the decision that you can do for the long term. Yep. If you don't see yourself doing it for a year out, then is it worth making the sacrifice to do the decision to do the thing short term right now? Mm -hmm. Right? Or would your time be better spent laying the foundation of something that will be a slower rate of change, but a more sustainable one for the long haul? I do not know what source I am looking at. It looks like it might be Marion Marian, Marian Webster. But just, you got me thinking there. The word diet first appeared in the English, English language in the 13th century, and it meant to, quote-unquote, habitually taken food or drink 
However, it has also had another sense, meaning, quote unquote, a way of living. The word diet comes from the old French dieter, which means to regulate one's diet for the sake of health. So that's, that, <clears throat> this is where all this buzz comes from, right? The hard part is that these diets that are out there are uh, only sustainable for probably 1% of the people out there that are doing it. And that's, that's probably still being generous, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Like, well, sustainable and I think successful tied into that too, right? Yeah. Like we always talk, we used to talk a lot about the after, after, right? Like you can see mm -hmm. the before and afters, but what is it six months after the after, 12 months after the after? What's the success rate of that? You're going right down the rabbit hole I wanted to as well. Um, because if you went through a diet and you go through six weeks of something or whatever, and then that weight is all gained back and more six weeks later, like was the diet a success? Like, mm -hmm. were you successful? So when you're talking about the after-after, <clears throat> and we're thinking about the after-after, like, when you go towards a diet, you should write down what would be the ultimate success for that diet. Mm -hmm. Like, you should think about what happens after that diet. And this is the problem with diets, is that there's usually some sort of challenge involved, some sort of curriculum involved, some sort of time frame where it shortens it up. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to lose as much as you can in this or do as much as you can in that. And after you're done, there's no, there's no, like, what do you do next? Okay, I just did a carnivore diet. I only ate meat for the last six weeks. Like, now how do I introduce, like, my other foods? Like, mm -hmm. how do I get fruit back into my diet? How much should I eat? There's no, there's no after after. And then people basically just go completely opposite back to where they were previously mm -hmm. and, and basically butcher this. So when you, when you ask it, like, what's the after after, or as you, the listener, like, what's your success criteria for doing said diet and how, like, what does it ultimately look like? Like you have to think longer than six weeks, longer than nine. Like we did, we just did the 90 day goals podcast mm -hmm. not too long ago. Um, we have to think more about like what that after after is. Otherwise, this is why you feel like you're constantly yo-yoing because you don't think about what happens after the diet and you go back to your other ways and you just bounce back and forth. Yeah, the habits aren't established to carry Correct. you through, right? Like we don't have then the framework to make decisions. We just have rules to follow. Correct. And it's that framework that allows you to apply the rules to everyday life. When you're used to a carnivore diet, to use your example, and then all of a sudden there's birthday cake, mm -hmm. right? On a birthday, like what... Do we just not celebrate birthdays with cake anymore? Or how do we best incorporate that, right? Yeah. And that answer might differ depending on the person, but a very real example of like, sometimes we don't think of like the birthday celebrations that are around the corner or holidays or whatever else and how we can create a diet and create a way of living and eating that is sustainable For sure. through all of those life events. For sure. So how do you create this plan? How do we stop yo-yoing? Yo is that we create a plan that is sustainable for you long-term. And it probably has a mixture of all of these things. So like for an example, if Em and I were talking and I, I dove in, we found out her goals, what her availability is, what, what is it ultimately looking at? And we're talking about like, what do you feel like successful would be in 90 days? What, what, would, what about six months from now? And we figure all these things out we already opened the mind up to thinking beyond the next six weeks. Because it's not just about the next six weeks, but everything does add up, right? So do you think about like, there's there's ways that people are asking, that are talking to people to help them set goals now. Mm -hmm. 
and they're doing the 90 year goal. Like minimal people live to 90 years. But if you start thinking 90 years out from like today, regardless of your age, like what if something changed in the next 10 years that helped us live longer mm-hmm. and live to our 150? Like all of a sudden now we do have the ability to live to 150 and we have 90 years. Like when you, even if we don't, but the fact that you start thinking about what your 90 year goal would be is you open the brain up into thinking differently and what needs to change now just beyond the initial like one to two year goal that you usually have people ask, mm-hmm. right? So if we're talking about that for your health and fitness, if we come in and we say, hey, we're doing this transformation challenge here in the next six weeks, like you're only thinking about what the end date is, mm-hmm. right? Like I still remember we used to run run and the day that we did it, we weighed everybody else in. They were getting false readings from this scale, this fancy dancy one before we had one that we outsourced and we, uh, it, w- it got uncalibrated on its way over here when we were weighing everybody out that day and we had to call everybody and email everybody, text everybody back to get them back in the following day or two days later to do the actual weigh-in because we found out that it was off. And one of the ladies was like, oh my God, no, like I just went and ate like a whole pizza and I went out for pizza and beers and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, why did you go and do that all of a sudden? And yeah, like, and she's like, oh, I, w- I was done. So I wanted to go back to, and I'm like, oh. And she wanted to probably also think of it as reward, but instead of maybe getting herself like new workout gear, new shoes, um, a new app of some sort that she can follow, she went and rewarded herself with food. Mm-hmm. So she reinforced probably some stuff that we were trying to get away from. But the, da- the, ti- the challenge that we ran at the time was how much weight can you lose in six weeks? Mm-hmm. How much weight can you lose in a year? Right. If you lost a pound every week in a year, you will lose 52 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like why not think of it like that then think of it the other way for sure so the way you stop yo-yoing is you think you think about beyond you think the after after you think success successful you think sustainable mm-hmm. and you think about doing the diet or you start doing the diet that works best for you absolutely i think it's that individuality piece too that can yeah. sometimes be the hardest right because there will always be marketing there will always be friends family whoever talking about the, their thing but if you can hone in on what your thing is your goals how do you define success what does your life look like you can find one in a way of eating that really works for you it doesn't have to work for everyone else because it's not for everyone else yeah the um the carnivore diet the atkins diet the keto diet doesn't teach you how to say no and how to how to say no to uh, birthday cake after the diet's done mm-hmm. it doesn't teach you how to not crave sweets so there's certain things that we can do to build and, ex- and expand and compound like this type of event to help with this overall. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately that's the one that we want to drive into. We don't, it doesn't have to have a fancy name. It can, like there's times in here where we just take our members and we just say like if I was working again with you, Em, and I just call it, this is the Emily diet. This is the mm-hmm. Emily plan. It's your freaking plan. This, these are our guidelines. This is what we're focusing on. We don't need a special type of thing in, in or out of that to make it work. For because sure. what's that going to do? As soon as you're told not to do something, you immediately want to do you it. You immediately do it. I know you know the brain science behind this, and anytime yep. we hear the word not, the brain is literally triggered to do. Mm-hmm. It's your parents telling you, don't do this, don't do that. Now, all, all we think about, is all we do, doing the thing. Is doing the thing. Yeah. So, if we're on a carnivore diet, it says, don't eat fruit, don't eat vegetables. All of a sudden, now you might think about eating fruit and vegetables, but more importantly, you might be thinking that fruits and vegetables are unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? If you're on keto, you might think that fruit and vegetables, fruit in particular, are, is unhealthy. Um, there's a lot of science that supports all these diets out there, guys, but 
long term wise there's a better plan that exists and it's in, and it's an inclusion and it's, a, it's an inclusion of all of these diets kind of put together mm-hmm. absolutely not, not not one specific thing right and i think that's it right like it's finding the middle ground of redefining what your diet might look like right where could we pull from some of these other things and maybe incorporate more vegetables from a vegetarian or a vegan diet while also still keeping some of the meat and high quality from a pro from a carnivore diet right like there's aspects of everything that can be good and can be incorporated and might work for you where to draw back to my earlier word we can cherry pick and create something that is more sustainable instead of cherry picking just little parts and getting led astray and ignoring some of the parts of the diet. Only seeing what we want to see. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So. So that's how you stop the yo-yo dieting. You, you, you have to be, you have to be be careful of how you know what you know and why you're doing what you're doing. Create success criteria beyond what the initial part of it is. Mm -hmm. Um, What does a year from now look like for you? And start thinking bigger picture and then do the thing or the things that are most sustainable for you to can keep going. Like do the things that keep it sustainable. If you start restricting more and saying no to more things and eliminating more things, the harder it's going to be. Absolutely. So think about more of like what you can do to keep this sustainable. And then we have to basically dial that up or down for results as we go through. Agreed. I think that about wraps it up. Yep. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the OOFTA podcast. Share this with someone who you think might need to or want to hear it. Leave us a rating, a review, subscribe, download, all the things that help us to grow organically. And we will catch you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thanks, guys.